Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, they are, but you know, there's another reason why today is especially exciting, especially cold, especially cold, okay, but the big question on everybody's lips, on their chap lips, on their chap lips, right? Do you think Phil is going to come out and see his shadow? Punxsutawney Phil, that's right, woodchuck chuckers, it's Groundhog Day! Greetings, podcast listeners, and welcome to the One Hope Church podcast. This is James with you again, and I just have to say, if you didn't think I was going to do something like that here on Groundhog Day, February 2nd, let me just say welcome to you, first-time listener who's never heard one of my podcasts before. And secondly, I'll just note that if you have any feedback or uh, complaints or anything like that about it, please send them to Pastor Peter. After all, it was he who created the schedule and who knowingly scheduled me to provide my podcast on Groundhog Day. And so therefore, I really take no responsibility for it whatsoever. It is Groundhog Day, February 2nd, one of my favorite holidays of the year, in part because I think it's a very optimistic holiday, probably one of the most optimistic, right after Easter and Christmas. Uh, It's also one of the most inane holidays that we have, uh, and it's really fun and harmless. I mean, it's not a day that commemorates having to be famous or fighting a battle or sailing around the world or risking death or disease or working for some cause or or dying or any of that. It's, um, It's just a day... That we all, as, as the expression goes, gather together in the excitement of watching a large squirrel predict the weather. Our theme of this week has been living in the spirit. Uh, and our theme for this whole session, season two of the Romans podcast, has been sanctification. And uh, we're going to end that theme this week with these verses out of John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. This is a story of Nicodemus coming to see Jesus and learning about the concept of being born again. And I think this is a story that breaks down well into four parts, and they split nicely out every two verses. First couple of verses, we have Nicodemus, a leader of the Jewish teachers. So, uh, you know, he, he's important uh, among them. And he comes to Jesus at night, which, you know, that's a clue. This is a clandestine meeting. And he acknowledges that Jesus is a great rabbi and also acknowledges that he must come from God because of all the acts he does. And Jesus answers that if you want to know God, you must be born again. And Nicodemus responds with the uh, biblical, or with the, uh, you know, that, that era's version of say what. And then he goes on to ask, 
how can this be possible? I can't go back to my mother's womb. And so Jesus clarifies, he's not talking about physical birth. He's talking about a spiritual birth, born of water and the spirit. And that is a twofold reference. I think both to baptism itself, obviously references to water and the spirit together, both of which are present in baptism, but also the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the daily rebirth, if you will, that, that living in the spirit entails, that act of sanctification. And uh, Nicodemus is still like not getting it. And Jesus says, you know, I know you might think this is crazy, but you are able to feel the wind which is a metaphor by the Holy Spirit, by the way. You can feel the wind, so you know it's, it's there. You know it exists. But you cannot conceive where it comes from, where it's going, or why. And the same is true of this truth. It's, it's like one of those things of I can feel it, and I know it's real, but I don't really fully understand it. And Jesus is saying, this is one of those kinds of things. You know it, and you can feel it. You don't need... To understand it, you're not going to understand it. So we have these two components. As I said, we have the sort of justification, born again part in baptism, where we uh, receive the Holy Spirit, and we, as Romans 6 says, we die with Jesus, we go down with him into the grave, and then we're resurrected with him as well. Uh, and so that's our moment of salvation. And that's not to say that you can't be saved or justified absent baptism. But it is, you know, the, the kind of general way that this uh, act of justification is sort of marked in our lives. And then following on that, we have sanctification, which is essentially the daily, hourly, possibly minute by minute sort of death and rebirth that the Holy Spirit sort of works in us to put our sin out of our life and to purify us and to... Um, work in us these good things to make us more and more like Jesus every day. So this leads me at the end to just tie back to the movie Groundhog Day, which I gave my opening little tribute to there, if you've never heard it before. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I think it's one of the icons of our culture. You might disagree, but I think this story has some interesting um, deeper spiritual kind of meaning to it. And one of those, I think, is it's, it's kind of a nice parable for sanctification. Not, not a metaphor, uh, not an allegory for sure. It, it doesn't necessarily, it's not even close in, in that sense. But a parable in the sense of it, it kind of contains the essence of the truth. Uh, and uh, so just to kind of illustrate that, um, we have here a story, if you consider a man who is basically just awful to the core. He's rotten, he's sinful, he's rude, he's arrogant, he's self-centered, he's condescending. He hits on his producer and makes suggested remarks to her. And uh, he belittles his co-workers. He's been sent up to Poxitani, Pennsylvania on Groundhog Day to witness the Groundhog Day event. And he doesn't hide his disdain for this and almost goes as far as to compare it to being in hell. He's a weatherman and his only real, I guess, uh, thing that he cares about is predicting the weather. Uh, he almost feels like he has a godlike ability to do that. And so it's rather fitting that this sort of pagan god he worships, the weather, turns on him, 
sends a blizzard he didn't predict and strands him in Poxitani. And from there, through a deus ex machina that's never explained, he begins to wake up again and again every day in the same place in the same time as he woke up that day, Groundhog Day in Poxitani, Pennsylvania. And he's, he's given this sort of, uh, he's, he's placed in a situation in which every day he wakes up and everything that happened the day before he can remember. But all the consequences, all the events, good or bad, are wiped out and he starts again. Uh, and so he, he kind of finds himself in this state where he, um, at first, he just kind of overindulges the freedom of this, right? He can do anything. He can rob armored cars. He can seduce women uh, with no consequences. He can eat whatever he wants. Um, he's sleepy. He can sleep in and be lazy. He can make fun of everybody openly and mock them. Because at the end of the day, he goes to sleep, and then the next day, he wakes up, and it's the same day, and all of it, like, it's like it never happened. No consequences. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is kind of in how that passage in Romans says, you know, so we're free. Does that mean we should sin and sin so that grace keeps on increasing? And Paul says, by no means. And here's a perfect example because he he sins and sins and sins, and the grace keeps increasing because he never suffers any consequences. And yet he's never happy. In fact, he gets more and more and more depressed by this situation, almost to the point in which he, he essentially decides to end it all and try to kill himself. And even that doesn't work. He, he cannot be free of this. It's only when he eventually accepts his situation and he essentially submits to it, if you will. And he begins, instead of living for himself, to start living for the good of everyone else in this town, to accept the fate that God has put before him, if you will, and to live for the good of everyone else and to, to treat them with love and respect. And as this happens, he himself transforms from this awful person into a better and better man. That by the end of the movie, he's everybody's friend, he's everybody's favorite, everybody loves him. And you really get the sense it's not an act. He has truly been transformed by all of this experience. And uh, it, that, trans, that, that transformation, that, that wholeness he feels, enables him essentially to escape from this and really go on uh, and be happy. Now, it's not a, like I said, it's not an allegory. It's not a perfect doctrinal teaching. Don't take it like that. Um, by any means, I doubt the writers of this movie uh, wrote this as a parable of sanctification. But I like to think that God talks to us in all kinds of ways. And uh, I, I think that this is a, a way that we can all kind of sit and, and grasp is while we're fighting it, uh, while we refuse to accept the situation, like Phil, we are, Phil's the name of the character, uh, like him, while we are essentially unable to reverse this. We, we can't get out of it. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and we are therefore unable to undo that. We can't just blush him out. Uh, so the Holy Spirit's there, and he's always working on us and always attempting to try to um, make us better. And so as a result, um, we can either choose to fight that or indulge ourselves, and or we can submit.
And kind of like Phil, if we were to just continuously indulge our sin, it's not going to lead us to a happy place. Uh, just like, just like that, it, it leads to death. Uh, whereas by accepting it and um, submitting to God's will uh, and, and living to do those good works for others, that's when we find our wholeness and our fulfillment. So that's to me what sanctification means. Justification is our salvation. It's that, it's that promise of no consequence. But we aren't whole just on that. We need this sanctification to, to bring us out of the state in which we were, were in when we were justified into a state of wholeness through sanctification. And that, I think, is the lesson of all of these verses we've been reading in Romans and, and all the rest. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these lessons from the book of John. Uh, we thank you for Nicodemus and what he did when he went to Jesus, and we ask that um, you would help us to submit to your spirit and to recognize that only by submitting to that and allowing the spirit to lead us and act within us uh, to love and to serve others around us, only through that do we become whole. Only by living for you do we become fully who you want us to be. Thank you for this, Lord, and thank you for the gift of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, happy Groundhog Day, everybody, and let's hope it's an early spring.